Hello everyone, Cecil Martin here. Hey, this is Hunter Henry. What's up, man? This is Max Crosby, part of Raider Nation. Hey, this is Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman. Hey, it's Tyler Lockett of the Seattle Seahawks. Hey, this is Jerry Judah, wide receiver for the Denver Broncos, and you're listening to the 14-yard NFL podcast. Hello and welcome to the Full 10 Yards NFL Podcast. I'm your host Sam Moores and this is our week one recap show. Joining me today is another returning guest as it has been the last couple of podcasts. It's Ollie Darcy. Welcome mate. Uh, we are both at the, the event in Birmingham last night. Thank you everyone for joining us in a, at that event as well. It's, uh, this is a bit, of a, a bit of a later pod than it would normally be on a on a week one recap just because we've had to catch up with every single game uh, that, we, that we missed last night because I, I mean I, I was concentrating a lot on the Dolphins game and Ollie with the Packers too which we will bring to you in depth today don't you worry but you know as i said thank you for joining us last night and uh ollie i mean look what a week one it was really especially in the later window as well there are some there are some good games in there and yeah, i can't, can't wait to talk about them with you mate yeah no it was a good nice nice week one nice to have football back isn't it um good games late window <laughs> few few humdingers in there we'll call them and then uh the early window as well there was a some nice surprises, some interesting games. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> lot to dissect. We'll start with one of the, the main games that has captured the headlines uh, over the, the well, this morning in America and the, the whole day in the UK, really. It's the, the Miami Dolphins beating the Los Angeles Chargers 36-34, to where we saw uh, Tua Tungvaloa throw for 466 yards and three touchdowns to take down his rival Justin Herbert's Chargers in an epic shootout. Uh, Miami were unstoppable in the air and LA were dominant on the ground, really, creating an epic week one matchup. It, uh, I mean, look, Ollie, it was it was great to watch, wasn't it, really? It was just, just back and forth all over, all over the place. It was the the two uh, had this is probably the best game of his career. It, it's this one or the the six TD game against Baltimore last year, where they were, they were a couple of scores down and came back and and won that. They're two very similar games, actually, the way the the, the Dolphins were killed on the ground in Baltimore last year as well as they were today. But uh, I think I mean, I, I've had on a couple of podcasts today. I think everyone has sort of said that it, it feels like McDonald's McDon- basically addicted to the past, but you can see why. Because mm-hmm. this, once you can get Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, especially in open space, Tyreek going for over 215 yards, it's just, it, it, it's, they're just unstoppable. If it ain't broke, don't fix it, you know. I mean, it was just, it was, it was just, it was so good to watch, wasn't it? I mean, Tua and Hill, when they're when Tyreek and Tua are on that wavelength, which they were yesterday, it's just a thing of beauty, really. I mean, eleven catches, two fifteen yards for Tyreek Hill, and it's not his first two hundred yard game either. It's almost becoming the norm for him. It's just he's almost a safety blanket for Tua, and that's not a bad safety blanket to have, is it? I mean, we've had a lot of people saying, "Is Tua really good with the arm? Is it there?" And yesterday, I think it may not have cemented it, but it showed, oh my goodness, it is there. Some of the dots he was throwing in pressure situations showed he does have it. He really does have it. Um, and I mean, it was an, it, it was going to be a shootout. You, you whispered to me, you said to me really at the, at the party yesterday that it was going to be a shootout. You knew it was going to be a shootout and uh, looked like my, well, Miami came out on top and, uh, that's all they needed. 
Yeah, the uh, the Chargers controlled the ground and obviously the, the time of possession in that way as well. But the Dolphins, every single time it felt like they touched the football, you know they were going to do something. It started very well as well, flowing like they were last year from the very start. Uh, but they had a few problems starting out. They got to the two-yard line, but a second uh, miscommunication on the same drive between the centre, Connor Williams and Tua, resulted in a, in a lost fumble. Um, so that was an opportunity where the Dolphins did, uh, could, have, could have got more points. And uh, the Chargers marched down the field and scored Vecla straight away there. Um, but from that very moment, the Dolphins pegged level through Raheem Mostert, and then Vecla scored after a Jason Sanders uh, chip shot field goal as well. Like, it was just score after score after score after score. And then we got to the, a few minutes before the half where the Dolphins took the lead after Tua found a wide open River Craycraft. He's one of those, he's another small receiver who can get open like Braxton Berrios and Hale and Waddle. It's, it's what the Dolphins like in the offense. I can see why because they just get they can just get open. Um, but a a, a career long field goal for Cameron Dicker. Uh, again a few minutes before the half made it seventeen seventeen. Herbert two minute drill getting down there, uh, showing that you can you can. Well, quick strike, quick strike offense when his team needs him. Um, but then here's where the controversial sort of play here because uh, it was the first of a few bad plays from JC Jackson that saw Miami thrown back into field goal range just a, just a few seconds before the half after it was a PI call, a pass interference call on JC Jackson because two or three of ball into triple coverage was which was bad. I think it was his only <laughs> real turn. Yeah. To one of probably two plays that could have been a turnover in this game. Yeah. He had six big time throws by way of PFF, which is a, mm-hmm. he led the league in big time throws yesterday. Um, but yeah, he had, it was an awful dime. Based, it wasn't really a dime, but it was a, a deep shot into triple coverage looking for Eric Uzenkama. Mm-hmm. Um, and J- JC Jackson, well, he obviously he, he interfered with the pass and it set the Dolphins up with a, uh, with, with a field goal, <laughs> literally like a second before, a second back on the clock. And that though those three points that the Dolphins had because of Jackson's mistake cost the Chargers the game, because because yeah. again that was another time where the Dolphins scored. I I I can't I think they might have punted once or twice once or twice maybe but I just can't record them punting. And then and the yeah I think this it was a mistake there and it was one of the a few mistakes from JC Jackson that really cost the Chargers this game because it was neck and neck. But I think coaching and situationally the Dolphins really won this game. Yeah, I mean, you 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 said that uh, what penalties were, well, the JC Jackson penalty was the key was the key to winning that game for the Dolphins. Those three points were were vital. They had the same amount of penalties, but only thirty eight yards worth of penalties for the Dolphins from their six compared to seventy yards for the for the Chargers. That they will lose you games shootouts like that when you have. Same amount of first downs, thirty first downs each. I mean, you're it, you you're going to have to be very very well coached, well drilled, and we it's happened time and time again with the Chargers, hasn't it? They've struggled with coaching. They've struggled with just being like they're just looking after the team, looking after the ball, what what have you. And it shot them in the foot again. It was just one penalty, and they were two points away from tying the game, three points winning it, but. That's what loses your games, and that's what they pride themselves on. Really, they obviously they've got a very nice defense, but that offense is electric, and that's what I'm sure they pride themselves on. And to lose a game like that will be a big gut punch for them. Yeah, I think it wasn't the first mistake from Jackson either. It was a 
Tiger sort of took momentum at the start of the second half. Um, Turin and, and Hill had a big, big gain. Uh, first of two huge touchdowns as well to take a lead there. But um, before that, there was um, a, a, an interception by Tua to JC Jackson. But his uh, after um, the Chargers scored uh, before. Um, but I just what happened was JC Jackson picked up Tua in the end zone and he. He brought the ball. He brought the ball out of the end zone to, for a couple of yards, and then obviously got tackled. Right, but if he and then afterwards, Justin Herbert took a sack on third and third and and um and one, and he got but put out to the one yard line, and <laughs> that just that 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 play again cost cost the the Chargers the game because they had to punt within the own their own end zone because Kader Kahu on the sack by the way the the, the corner and. And the Dolphins scored straight away after after that play. It was just, it was just. There's a few ones that I think both teams felt like they could have won this. The Chargers really felt like they they probably threw it away. But again, to a best, probably the best game of his career. He just what what he what he does with his accuracy and the way he moves people with his eyes. He showed today that he could step up into the pocket, which is another thing that people I think a lot of the time under pressure is when he could falter, but. Today there wasn't much pressure, but when there was pressure, he, I mean, he threw the best ball I've ever seen him throw. Stepping up on third and ten, yeah. you know, basically going as far as he can before it's an illegal forward pass and dropping a ball, to, you know, so Tyreek Hill can run onto it. Which a lot yeah. of people said, oh, you know, he can't, he can't throw the deep ball because Tyreek's too fast. Well, they, you know, that 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 put there shows exactly what Tua can do. And ultimately, as well, yeah. After his interception in the third quarter, he was unstoppable, unplayable, um, and the same can't be said for Justin Herbert, who is in an awful situation in the Chargers. And I really hope that um, that that something changes in the future. But but I, I mean, look, you, you look at you look at the, this game, and you just think, wow, the Char- Chargers are badly coached, and these two teams have electrifying offenses. That's what you do. Uh, you, you can say, and also, I think the Dolphins need to stop the run, and the Chargers. For 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 a defense that again I mentioned it last week um on the on the uh, on the preview podcast the the Chargers defense is a, the defense that prides itself on you know being able to take away big plays well today yeah. they got beat up by so many big plays it, they did so great against the Dolphins and Sunday football last year but this year they absolutely Donnie went away he, he plays the same defense now in Vic Fangio every single day in practice mm-hmm. and and he out coached daily because he didn't adjust from what they did last time. Yeah. And, and I think both teams will be in the playoffs potentially, but I think I'm much confident, much more confident about the Dolphins than around the Chargers coming out of this game. Yeah, definitely. I mean, as you said, I just want to pick up on that point just a little bit more on tour. I was watching it and I was expecting a few good throws because I knew what Tua can do, but some of those throws that he just put on the lap of Tyreek Hill when it mattered was just brilliant. And it, not even not even the one he ran on to third and ten, stepping up in the pocket, the dot in the back of the end zone for the game-winning touchdown oh, the, was, he, was he, a beauty. It was an absolute beauty. He threw a, he threw a back sh- shoulder fade to a five foot ten receiver. Yeah, you know you throw, it, you, throw, you throw them to tight ends or or you know big big receivers. Yeah. yeah. Just, and he just he, you, he just put it straight through the gap. It yeah. just landed in his hands. It was it was it was just made to be caught. Yeah, his accuracy is a superpower, and it, it uh, if he stays healthy, which is the main thing, and uh, we'll finish off with the offensive line, who without Teron Armstead, the Dolphins didn't allow a single sack, and uh, Kendall Lamb and Austin Jackson, who's had a career revival at right tackle, 
drafted very highly by the Dolphins in 2020. He's been a turnstile the first few years, but often actually on the right-hand side um, of the new offensive line coach, Butch Barry, looks to have turned a corner and they they, uh, they held out Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack, um, which is just, uh, I did not expect that um, at all when, when, I, when I started watching this game yesterday. So that was a huge, uh, huge positive for the Dolphins who, uh, who are really confident in their offensive line, as we've heard in camp. On to the next game where we saw the Cincinnati Bengals drop an absolute clangor uh, in week one yet again against the Cleveland Browns. Um, the Browns' dominant run game really helped them brush past the Bengals, to be honest with you. Deshaun Watson uh, joined the effort between, uh, but also between Nick Chubb and Jerome Ford there. And it, gave, it gave Cleveland 35% uh, sorry minutes of possession, which is obviously a, a big chunk of the game. Um, and their past defense, that's so a Denzel Ward and, and Grant Delpit, to be you know in particular as well as many others, shut down the the Cincinnati trio. Uh, both, uh, I mean, look, Tyler Boyd had one or two catches. T Higgins was uh, had no catches. Obviously, he had eight targets and none of them were pulled down. The Bengals were sorry, the Browns were absolutely excellent in coverage there. Uh, there and uh, uh, Joe Burrow now goes to one and five versus the versus the, the Browns in his career, which is just mental. And it was the first it was the first game that the Browns have won in Week One since two thousand and four, which again it just it's just one of the, it's just one of those stats. He's just like, what the hell? That's mad. But this game, I mean, obviously the rush showed with with Burrow. He's not practiced at all in camp. He's come back this week, and there's again that like last year, it came out the he's the Bengals have come out and sort of dropped a dropped a bit of a stinker. But I mm. I I don't think this is a sign that they're going to be bad this year by any means. I just I just think they they they're a team that takes a while to get going, and they probably are going to. I can see them putting up a load of points next next week because the, the, the Browns simply outplayed them, outcoached them. Yeah. Um, Especially on the defensive side of the ball with the new DC Jim, Jim Swartz there, and uh, what what do you think about this game, Molly? I mean, I was you you were talking about being out coached. I think I don't know if it highlights Zach Taylor being uh, not on the hot seat because the Bengals have been fantastic, but it shows that there are much better coaches out there. Than, oh, for sure. Than for sure. In, I mean, it's it was just it was just. Dominant, really. I just didn't expect that Cincinnati offense to just be held to 142 yards total. You just you don't expect it. They were my pick to win the AFC, and at the moment they still are because week one, everyone says it's week one, and as you said, they might explode for 50 points next week. You just you just don't know what's going to happen. But it was it was dominance from the Browns defense wasn't it really and it's a really good omen for them it wasn't the prettiest game from either offense was it but Browns defense came to play they really really did I mean 67 yards passing for the Bengals with Jamar Chase T Higgins Tyler Boyd receiver and Joe Burrow at quarterback 2.6 yards a play that's some fantastic stats to go forward with for the Browns Two for fifteen on third down as well. I mean, it's just that was it's just total total domination, wasn't it? Oh, absolutely, mate. And I mean, on a on a on a on a positive side, I could probably say that the the Bengals defense looked good because it did look mm-hmm. good. It yeah. it did it did cause the Browns problems. Deshaun Watson was not good by any means. No. He was, no, he, no, he, no, was no, no. he he looked he looked he looked more comfortable comfortable than he did last year, for example. But he still doesn't look the same guy he was in Houston. Mm-hmm. If anything, I was more impressed by the way the players made with his legs than it was as a passer. He made one or two uh, good good throws to Elijah Moore and, and Amari Cooper. But I don't 
I, I, I think that the Bengals could be encouraged defensively, especially after losing Jesse Bates. I had a, a big game for the Falcons, which we'll talk about later. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that I think it just feels like a classic week one game where I think we we don't know we'll know a lot more about these teams, you know, week ten, week eleven, for you know, for example. But I think both of these teams are going to be very good this year, and we've not seen any. You know, I don't think I think both these teams are capable of more. I think the Browns if Deshaun can really step up, are going to be really hard to beat this year because they've got yeah. that defense, because they've got Nick Chubb, who is the best running back in football, who again took over this game. If you know, he didn't make you know many big plays, but every play he was making was three, four, five yards, and that and that was that was a big difference for for for, uh, for Cleveland. Um, but <laughs> I think that it just everything went wrong for the Bengals. Even Evan McPherson was missing kicks, and it was it just you know. It it just and obviously they, they took they took Burrow at the, at the end out of the the game at the end as well, um, yeah. Again, Watson, I said he wasn't great. He threw a, a ball straight at Dax Hill, um, one of a new their new starting safety, um, uh, who 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 who, uh, who played who played quite well. But look, I just like, I I think I'm I don't think we're uh, we're I don't think the Bengals are done. I don't think, but anything like that, but. I'm very Im- encouraged by what I saw from the Browns uh, yesterday, yeah. and and uh, again, it'll it hopefully it's a good start for for a good season for them because again they they've gone through a lot of hurt and you know as much as you know, I, I want Deshaun Watson the football player to be back because he's electric, mm. but yeah, yeah, he is. You you've got to have serious questions um, about everything if if he really can't be be like he you've you've you traded him for because you not only have you got the off field stuff which I, I don't really want to talk about because it, it's not nice but <laughs> not only have you got that but you've also committed a lot you know this branch team are in a super yeah. bowl window yeah. if he doesn't if he doesn't succeed then you're probably better off blowing it up and this I is a good did, start for that they just need to take the next they, step now they've committed so much just by throwing him that almost obscene contract because i know it was just they put themselves in such an interesting position i mean there's to you can debate it for 20 30 minutes if it was the right or wrong decision and at the moment we still don't know i mean it wasn't special 154 yards in the air like you said it, it wasn't impressive but 21 first downs is is well is great you can move they can move the ball like you said with having having the having the legs that he's got he can run in he can just he can he can just make things happen, um, which helped beat a very lackluster Bengals in week one. Whether they'll continue, we don't know. But if they can, if they can push forward, then who knows what the what it holds for them. That Super Bowl window may even open up just a little bit more, maybe a fraction more. There we are. It'd be it'd be interesting to follow the these two teams' stories, uh, mm-hmm. and obviously they meet again as well later in the season too. So we'll, we'll see what happens on this podcast. Then moving on to our final game, we're going to focus on you know in depth before going on to uh, just picking out the best bits from all the other games. Uh, the Green Bay Packers, your Green Bay Packers, Ollie, away to the Chicago Bears. Uh, the Packers start the new era, uh, but they still own the Bears, don't they? Oh yes, <laughs> yeah, yes, they definitely do. Um... I mean, it was, I focused on that game yesterday. I was watching that very intensely and no one knew what to expect. Bears fans didn't know what to expect. We didn't know what to expect, Packers fans. And, oh my goodness, me personally, I was 
shocked. Uh, shocked, strong word, but I was unbelievably impressed with Jordan Love. No one expected him to do what he did this this week one this season, and it was fantastic. It wasn't like stats weren't like unbelievable. They weren't eye popping, but the one eye popping stat was Love going eight for ten for 141 yards and a couple of TDs on third and fourth downs. Oh, I know. That, that, is, yeah. that is sublime. That is so, so good. In your first start away at, Sol- at Soldier Field, fantastic. And it's just, as a Packers fan, it's got me me very excited and the rest of the cheeseheads. Yeah. Honestly, I it just, it just felt that... Was, this game was closer than it felt like, but the the Packers were just a step ahead of the Bears situationally, you know, because the Bears are going field guard for field guard and they turn the ball over a bit, and it was just like it just you know it was very close. It was you know it was seven six at a two minute warning. Yeah. Um, Jordan Love led the Packers to a ten seven lead and and a field goal in uh, sorry ten in that two minute drive, and you know before you know and then after that, Aaron Jones, you know. Set the the Packers up to the goal line, um, and and you know two plays later, you know on, after the kickoff, you know Charon Jones walks into the end zone. It's a completely yeah. different game. You score straight away. That's you know that that's that's ten points that you pick up in a matter of seconds. Game time. Obviously, mm-hmm. there's fifteen minutes in between the the two halves, but there was that, and then you know there was uh, the the three and out for Chicago. Jaden Reed's big kit return, taking it into Chicago 40 as well. Um, and then, you know, it looked like Chicago had got a stop. Uh, it was the, you're on the, your 32 yard run, it was fourth and three. And and you mentioned, obviously, the mad the massive stats on third and fourth down. Pretty much every single play that Jordan Love made was on third or fourth down. And one of the, the biggest one was, was him hitting Aaron Jones across the middle of the field, not only for a massive gain on fourth and three, but also for a touchdown. Putting the, uh, the the Packers at twenty four six and yeah, it just felt like nobody could touch Aaron Jones after after he uh, he he beat T.J. Edwards in the middle of the field. No, I mean it was Aaron Jones. It was such a it was such a weird game for Aaron Jones. He touched the ball five times on the opening drive for the Packers, and we went down the field and scored. He did not touch the ball for the rest of the first half, which was just absolutely criminal from Matt LaFleur. He then got the ball a lot more in the next two drives and we marched down the field and scored two two touchdowns. Nicely done. Really impressive. He scored two touchdowns on those drives. One was being the, the fourth fourth and three and he punched it in after doing most of the most of the work. But again, Love was very good on those third down situations. Um I've just we were, we'll talk about the Bears I'm sure very soon, but I've got a couple of things to say about the Packers as well. I mean, it was on the defensive side. Well, no, we'll go offensive. I've got one more thing on the offense. The the scheming was very clever and it was very nice to see. Not It wasn't just being bombarded on love, going to pass, pass heavy. Um, some of the plays were actually very nice, very sweet. There was a really nice gain on the uh, on our first drive in the second half that he swung out in mo he swung out play action and then threw it back across and set up a really nice screen for Jones. It's just nice easy plays for him that just builds his confidence up and up that is 
absolutely beautiful. Um, that's what I loved about him, and he looked very good in those situations. Defensively as well, we looked nice, very nice. I know it's only week one, but uh, we look we look good. We made some very good tackles. I mean, it it is the Bears, as, as I said. We will we'll talk about them very soon. But you can only play what's in front of you, and we looked we looked nice on defense. But as I said, week one, good tackles throughout the field. Um, but yeah, the Bears, it's <laughs> it's going to be a very tough season for them again if they continue to show what they showed against well what they showed against Green Bay yesterday. I. I look at the Bears and I just I just think I know Fields isn't a problem because for me I watch him and he's still the best quarterback on the field yesterday. Like as in as in he didn't have the best game yesterday, but I still look he's the most, for me I'd rather have Justin Fields than I would Jordan Love because I know that Fields adds something right. I know that Fields is I think his ceiling is way higher than it is of Love as well. He's got the mm. he's got the element of his legs and yeah. I, I don't I don't think he looked bad yesterday. He had, he had one obviously the. The Quay Walker pick six was probably the worst play you can get, but yeah. other than that, <laughs> other than that, honestly, he did he didn't look that you know he wasn't the reason why Chicago couldn't move the ball yesterday. Their offensive line sucks, their defensive line sucks as <laughs> yeah. well, so they couldn't get off the field because the Packers even the Packers on the ball right forever. Yeah, and yeah, and the coaching was awful. That you know, offensive and offensively and defensively, the coaching the second half was absolutely awful. It it just because the game was there. You, you're only four points down at half time, right? The game yeah. was there to be won, and they absolutely crumbled. And I, I, it shows me that that the Packers, they the coaching's good. Mm. Obviously, uh, Lafleur, big ped, pedigree, you know, Shanahan, McVeigh, Tree, and everything, you know. And I, I think again, that's why I think Love looked like I, I, I watched in depth again. The Miami game, the Green Bay game, the San Francisco game today, especially right, all those three offenses. They sometimes, to me, they look interchangeable because they're they're yeah. so, they're so yeah, similar. Yeah. They do things differently. Obviously, the the Niners run a lot more. The Dolphins, they well, they they use a lot of motion. You're talking like Tyreek Hill lining up a tight end and moving out yeah. and things like that. And then and then the, again the Packers, you know, it felt more like the Niners' offense. But I th- that that's what I was looking for for love because I felt like you could win a division. If yeah. you can sort of run the ball more, which you did, obviously Aaron Jones had a huge day. I hope you can see more of AJ Dillon and, and everyone coming up, you know, in the in the in the game in the future. But I think I I was I think Lafleur had a big it was a big game for Lafleur because obviously he was tied down for Rogers his entire Packers career as a as a coach. He was tied down to what Rogers um Rogers did, and that's the best the Packers have looked the last couple of years. I think, especially like last year, there was nothing on offense, nothing. nothing I, 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 I will, I will I will agree with last year. It yeah. we looked a lot better because it, it's brilliant to have Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback, yes, but he does tidy down in play calling and it did it was getting a little bit stale, which you did see last year. Matt, Matt LaFleur shackles off, he can call what he wants. And he had sticky moments as he has done throughout, which isn't why he's vaulted into like top five coaches in the league at the moment. Because Jones touching the ball five times on one drive and then not touching it again is just inexcusable. Um, but he played, he had some good calls. He brought out some very nice play calls, um, played to love strengths, and that really helped. And that just that cemented the win for Green Bay. Conversely, 
Matt Eberflus, I, I, I said to you before the game, he will be sacked by the end of the season. And if he carries on the way he is going, it's he's not he won't even last this season. It's just it's just such interesting coaching. It's just I don't I don't really know because as you said, lo- uh, not love Fields wasn't awful, and no. they ran the ball and they ran the ball all right. But when you have a terrible defense like they do, they're still still rebuilding their defense really. It isn't going to help. And some of the play calls from Eva Foos, maybe on defence, definitely gets the on offence for the Bears, was just questionable at times, just not giving Fields the chance to let it fly. And it, it, it showed, and it could be yet another long, long season for them. Yeah, and... Uh... I, I I thought you were a bit nuts when you said it. I said it yesterday, and I was saying to Charlie as, today as well. I was, I was saying, I, I don't know. You said Evil Fist could be on the hot seat already. And I was like, I don't know. But then I watched the game, and I was like, yeah, I I I I I kind of agree. Where I feel like that you, maybe you should keep an eye on him. Um, I don't think I'd get fired mid-season. I, I think that's 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 yeah. You know, I don't think that's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. It but, might um... it might be, it might it might be a bit rash, but I mean. <laughs> The, to be fair, the amount of capital they've put into this team this year, they're not going to stand for two, that's, three wins in yeah. mid-season, are they? No, they're, they're still uh, you know, midway through the rebuild. The thing, and they're not they're not done by any means, but no, they no, are no. They're, they're midway through now. They've brought in the receiver. They just need the the probably I would say the pass rush, and probably another defensive back. There, uh, I think that I think now that then they look a lot better, and obviously offensive line as well, which. Can can be when we need to be improved, but yeah, then they're, they're not a finished article by any means. But yeah, maybe maybe they make a change because they're, they're not well coached from what I saw yesterday. No, no. On onto the uh, the the first of a they're going to do sort of going to riddle through now just uh just to sort of give you out there of what we thought what happened and really where we think the league stands uh after the week one games. So the San Francisco Forty ers beat the Pittsburgh Steelers thirty to seven. Um. And it was look, it was this game was a bit of an odd one because the the Steelers weren't awful, but it just felt like they after the first sort of two three Niners drives and the turnovers and stuff, they just felt like they were out of it. Um, it was a the the ball from Brock Purdy to Brandon Ayuk for the second touchdown was an absolutely lovely throw right into his arms and the contested catch was awesome. Uh, second and fifteen on the next drive. Uh, again, Kenny Pickett had, had an interception dropped by Fred Warner. That was the first of a few odd mm. passes, um, and it was it was very much like the, the Steelers' offense. Like it just it didn't look it didn't look awful to me, but they got unlucky. Pickett, it's not look Pickett and Pickens have a good collection, but I I, I, st- I still just don't. It wasn't what it was hyped up to be in, in, in the preseason. Mm. It really wasn't. Um, the Niners' defense was good. They really showed that. They showed uh, Drake Jackson, the the guy who's is going to be starting opposite Nick Bosa this this year. He had a good game. Obviously, so so did, uh, many of the defensive players. Uh, the the best part of the game for me was seeing that on the second uh, Kenny Pickett interception, uh, which was a bad ball into double coverage. It was tipped by Fred Warner, caught by Talanohu Fanga, um, who then lateraled the ball to Sean Gibson uh, <laughs> to gain an extra couple, you know, extra 10, 15 yards. And that that was that was that was good to see. When we, when we were watching it in a bar last night. It was it was one that we all we all did <laughs> notice, and um, 
I think there's a lot of hype about Pittsburgh, especially Pickett. They're playing a tough defense. TJ Watt had a great game, three sacks, and and you know always other numbers too, forced fumbles, recoveries. It was a great start for my defensive player of the year pick, but my coach of the year pick with uh, Mike Tomlin didn't get off to the greatest of starts. What what do you sort of take away from this game and 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 uh, and how Pittsburgh played and how, you know also had the Niners play too? Oh uh, well, if you're lateraling on interceptions, I think that just shows how confident and how good your defense is really, doesn't it? <laughs> it's just the 49ers have been doing defense like this for, for a long, long time, for a good few years now. And it just showed again. Steelers did pull an absolute pulled a shocker getting the Niners in the first week. It, it not not easy. Preseason picket maybe didn't fall through, didn't come through as much. Uh, but as you said it wasn't it wasn't horrendous. But when Najee Harris is only going for thirty-one yards, you you are really going to struggle. But that's just, most of that's on that... a, most of that was on one gain as well. Yeah, because uh, it, it it just I just yeah it just a that's, thought... and that's that, that's just a testament to the defense, isn't it? Of San Francisco, that's just what what they can do. And offensively, as you said, as we've just already spoken about, the Shanahan, the McVeigh tree is just so good. With, when you have the pieces and when you have someone like Brock Purdy who can be accurate, who doesn't have to be special, he can be accurate and he can make those throws, like you said, to Ayuk for the second touchdown. He can just do he can do stuff like that and they can put up 30 points with relative ease against a very good Steelers defence. That Steelers defence, aren't they're no slouches. I mean, Minka Fitzpatrick, TJ Watt, they are, that's just two on that defense and they were they looked pretty 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 middle of the road so yeah 49ers as i said week one pinch of salt maybe but they look dangerous very very dangerous yeah i came i came away thinking that um the steelers oh the steelers defense of that i think it will be good all year i don't i came away thinking yeah i think that'll be fine 30 points against you know obviously a lot of the points were surrendered up by the offense as well which there there is nothing there but really they, they weren't they, they weren't you know the problem i think the problem was that you know the steers had nothing in the air in the first half <laughs> kenny pickett before the two minute drive was six for 11 for 18 yards and one it probably should have been two interceptions which mm. <laughs> which it, 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 is it's not it's, good it's really not and it, it but, but when everyone was saying before it's an extra fine offense or whatever like again the offensive line for the Steelers didn't hold up like I thought it would do it's still got problems even though they spent a little bit of money on it this offseason the Steelers um, offense just couldn't couldn't hold up whereas the Niners offense because they've got the weapons like Christian McCaffrey Brandon Ayuk Devo Samuel mm. you know George Kittle they've all had they all had, they, every single one of them had big plays yesterday every single yeah. one of them did um, and even with I mean I don't worry about the Niners line even after that they still scored 30 points uh and yeah, I, I think with them it was, it was it, uh, my worries. I picked them because I'm a little, I was a little bit worried about. I picked the Steelers because I was a little bit worried about them before um, the Niners going into the season. I'm not worried now. They look the same as they did at the end of last year. And Purdy again, he really impressed me because you know Tomlin's a good DC. So the film was out there on how to beat the Niners now. Um, towards the end of last year, 
and Purdy had a good game, and I think that that's a, that's really good news for the Niners. On to the next game that I really thought was a quite interesting. It was the uh, the Eagles away to the Patriots, and the game started with a, a big third and goal sack from from, uh, from Matt Judon, thinking, "Oh, okay, maybe the Patriots got to do something on defense." Uh, then then it, it's sort of the, unfortunately the Patriots, and it's costing the game actually really because the rest of the game they were absolutely phenomenal. I would say, mm-hmm. um, other than yeah. the net, you know two two costly mistakes in the first quarter. Unfortunately, Mac Jones had a pick six on the next drive. It wasn't his fault. It bounced off Kendrick Bourne's hands and, and Darius Slade took it to the house. It was like uh, Brian Branch against Mahomes on Thursday night. Um, got worse in New England as well, as on the very next play, Ezekiel Elliott fumbled uh, a short pass on Mac Jones and it was covered by the Eagles. Uh, Hertz hit Devontae Smith for a touchdown and it was 16-0 before you know it. After that, the Eagles didn't look great at all. I, I would, uh, The Patriots moved the ball better on offense. Um and uh, and I was really impressed with what the Patriots uh, put out yesterday because look, I think Kendrick Bourne is a real player. It was unfortunate that the that the uh, that the the pick was his fault. Um, but Kendrick Bourne looked like a player to me. I think Mac Jones looked a lot better than he did last year, which is good for Bill O'Brien. The Patriots defense stepped up as well. Like they they mm. traditionally have yeah. a, they struggled to really defend against running quarterbacks when they they had hurts pretty well dealt with yesterday so I, I would have to say and um yeah i just i think new england they, they played themselves back into the game at the end because they sort of got away a little bit uh by recovering a, a fun a fumble uh but booty the receiver fourth and 11 was out we didn't get his feet in and ultimately that one that one that one equals the game because that that, that that conversion Fourth eleven to the eleven really would have put the Patriots in, in a spot where they could have won the game. Uh, but if you're a Patriots fan, I'm really encouraged because mm. it looks like it will see we'll see how tonight goes. It looks like all four teams in the AFC is going to be really good this year. And if you're the Eagles, obviously there's a little bit of there's a lot a lot of change for the Eagles. New OC, new DC, a lot of new starters. They're really happy with who they they have as the, you know the starters because a lot of them are first round picks or players who were expected to go first in the first round that, that fell because of sort of off field issues or something like that. It's just, I now feel I'm a little. I, I would probably say now I'm a lot more confident about the Niners than I am the Eagles because yesterday they they were. I would say they were probably the second best team. Mm. I the the Patriots played Belichick, themselves well. Well done, Belichick and Bill O'Brien. That's the thing. The coach, the coach, they, they yeah. are by far the least talented team, but they the coaching there was really good. From absolutely, I, I mean, Belichick needs this season as well because he's under he's under pressure now because. Without Brady, he's obviously losing record and everything, and and yeah. they look. It looks like he was under pressure a lot, you know, heading into the year because Kraft said, "I want this, I want that." And yesterday was the occasion with the Brady, um, you know, return. He's going to be uh, fast tracked into the Patriots Hall of Fame too. They yeah. said that on the uh, on on the twelfth of June next year. Obviously, six Super Bowls for the Patriots. The war number twelve makes sense there. Um, but yeah, no, I I think it's probably the the best uh, the Patriots have looked for for well the last couple of years I'd say, um both offense and defensively, and uh, the Eagles again. What do you, what do you take on them? Uh, I, I I take more away honestly from the Patriots than I do the Eagles. I mean, we know what the Eagles can do from last season. It's not really changed teams, so we know the Eagles can do what they've done. Um. I think you take a lot more away from the Patriots and say they are a damn good football team when coached properly, which they were on Sunday yesterday. Um, they played well. Mac Jones, as you said, he turned up when he when it was needed. Uh, he only had that one interception, that pick six, which wasn't his fault. 
which proved costly. It, it proved costly. Um, they, they, they looked really good. I just, I wasn't expecting it to be, when it was 16-zip in the first quarter, I was like, right, here we go, Eagles, absolute blowout. And they just kept bringing it back slowly and slowly. And they were so close. I mean, they were just brutal holding calls that were just called on them, like two, three or four on one drive, I'm pretty sure. Well, they, just, were missing, they were missing a few of his linemen as well. Yeah. So obviously, it just, it, work, it, yeah. It just sent it just sent them back, and you, you, you can't do that against the Eagles. As, as poor as they were quote, yesterday, they were just... You just can't you can't give them that. I mean, Hertz he didn't he he didn't look to his MVP best, which is not good for my take for my MVP take. Um, I mean he he I mean seventy nine of his yards went to AJ Brown, which is almost expected, and that that is obviously going to help you win games. But as I said, I I take more away from the Patriots and the way they played. And the way their defense stepped up as well, their defense with Matt Judon as your pass rusher is going to cause problems, and they and they cause problems with the Eagles. And if they can continue to do that throughout this season, um, the it's going to be so tight up on the up at their division. It's going to be it's going to be a really interesting one to watch. It will be indeed. On to the next game between the Bucks and the Vikings. This was <laughs> way closer than I thought it would be in it. I, I was I was shocked when I watched this because Baker Mayfield looked really good yesterday, and we'll, we'll get we'll get into that. Uh, the Vikings had a great start; they're driving um, down the field uh, very well. A couple of big plays for, uh, between Jefferson and Cousins are connecting, uh, and then I think Cousins started the game with, with a fumble in third and two, um, and and it looked like the Bucks would, would make him pay because Baker had a great. Sh- Deep shot to Mike Evans right from the start, um, but it was broken up and they ended up on the next drive. And they broke up and ended up punting, and then Kirk Cousins did a second straight fumble on third down. This time it set up an instant red zone opportunity for the Bucks. Uh, and I mean, luckily the Vikings defense held the Bucks to a field goal, which is good because the, the Vikings defense, especially situationally last year, was awful. Um, and Brian Flores had a quarter of a game yesterday from, from what I was seeing. Um, and it, yeah, the, I mean, Kirk Cousins he has two costly mistakes because the Vikings were. The Vikings offensively looked really great, and then they turned the ball over twice. Oh, yeah, yeah, turned the ball over twice, uh, and they just lost all their mojo. And it allowed the Bucks to come back into this game. Kirk Cousins redeemed himself from third and eleven at the start of the, the second quarter. He had a deep shot to a wide open Jordan Allison uh, in the end zone. Uh, where the Bucks got a, a field goal before that, by the way. Uh, it was a perfect start to Allison's career. He looked awesome. I really think he's got a chance of getting offensive player as well, offensive rookie of the year this year, uh, because he's going to be probably Cousins' number two uh, option behind Justin Jefferson. Um, but yeah, no, to put the Vikings seven three up. But just before the half, Baker found Mike Evans all alone in the end zone for a twenty yard eight yard touchdown. Um, and yeah, obviously ten ten three, and the Cousins did. Uh, bring them back to a 10 10 score at half time. Uh, he led, he led them on a, uh, but that was because of a pass interference call, essentially. Um, they, uh, and, and after that, it was just back and forth, back and forth. Yeah. Um, Alexander Matson, Baker Mayfield really scored a touchdown, and then Baker Mayfield on second and goal. And, um, Baker Mayfield following a Chase McGuckin 57 yard field goal, his third down rush in the fourth quarter. One time of the game because it, it, it was a third and eight, <laughs> and he, he just he escapes and 
and and and makes a first down, and then you know it's a pass after that uh, to Chris Godwin, and then and then and the the Bucks had, had shot the Vikings, and uh, honestly, I think that Kirk Cousins really probably is to blame. You'd say perhaps uh, the, they couldn't run the ball. I think as much as well as I thought they would do because Madison in previous years has, has sort of really looked not too dissimilar from Dalvin Cook, um, and yeah, the, the the Vikings again the Buck. Uh, losing the Bucks playing off a shot. I mean, we we were speaking to Owen, who's also works for Full Ten Yards, and he picked the Buccaneers to win the NFC South. And um, with that performance, you you can't you can't you can say no really. I mean, it was such a weird game between two really weird teams. Everyone, myself included, have said the Vikings aren't going to win this division. And then there are other people that are saying, watch out for the Vikings. They could be really dangerous because they haven't lost that many people. But it, there's just so, there's just some energy around the Vikings. There's just not, it is just not there. Not I mean, last season was, they, yeah, they had, or was it last season where they had those one possession wins? Yeah, so it was, they, yeah, were, they were 11-0 and in one score game yeah. last year. Uh, but the year before, they you were the worst team on um, in World School games, so completely yeah. flipped. And th- this year, I think it will even out a bit. But yeah, the the Vikings this year, I think I I'm I'm lowered down on them because they well, they got a tougher schedule for one, but two mm. because you the division seems way more competitive now. Like yeah. last year, the the Packers are rubbish, the Bears are rubbish. So it was just the, and the Lions for most of the season were also rubbish. The Lions the Vikings yeah. have picked up wins. You know, the Lions had, had the run at the end of the season, but the Vikings were a bit fortunate. And we saw in the playoffs when they laid an egg against the Giants that <laughs> that, that they weren't proper contenders. Um, now, I don't know. I'm still confident. It's a big year for Kirk Cousins, and I think they're still going to... I think they'll still be a playoff team, but it really is go back to the drawing board here because... The, the, I mean, I know... Because ultimately, it didn't flow very well after the first first half, let's say. Cause, um, and then for the Bucks. I said in the guide, I said it in the season preview, their defense will win them games. And it, again, that compared with Baker Mayfield, who hasn't even got a good offensive line, making you know looking probably the best he's looked in in a, in a while. Yeah, I think I I, I genuinely think that uh, that the Bucks uh, were were one of my my biggest surprises on uh, on yesterday. And I I I just uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what they what they can uh, pose the rest of the season too. On to the next game, which I'm sorry. Uh, so, I'll, 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 is there anything you want to say, there, mate? Or I, I was just going to talk about Baker really, really quickly. Yeah, he's, fine, he's yeah. just he's a quarterback that just plays on energy, doesn't he? Mm. I mean, you saw it at the Rams. He came in and won that game for them. This year, he's coming to Tampa Bay, a bit of energy, and he's won them the game, and it will just lift them. And as you said, their defense will help them a lot. I think that probably will help Baker as well. And they can they they can win some games and. It, the NFC South is n- not pretty, and it's not going to be. It's not going to have to be pretty to win that division title. Um, they if they play like they did yesterday, they're well on their way. There we are. Another one of the shocks yesterday. Uh, well, this one was probably probably the biggest shock. I think the Rams upsetting the Seahawks. The Rams, a team of unknown, shocked Seattle to take a big victory. A huge game mm. from Matthew Stafford, finally healthy. And looked at it as well. He had five big time throws, an average depth of target of eleven point three, which is third in the league yesterday. Two two Atwell and Pakinakua stepping up in, for, in the absence of uh, of Cooper Cup there as well. 
Uh, they've had a run game with Cam Akers getting a TD and, and obviously taking a fair few carries as well and looking good. Kyron Williams as a short yardage back got two touchdowns as well. And uh, obviously the, the, the Seahawks lost Abraham Lucas and, and look, second half they were awful. They really were. Cause it, it, was, it was, again, it was another, it's like the Bears. It's another game where it was close and then second half they completely crumbled. Offensively, they, they had three yards. I know Owen, he was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. We, we watched the game with him yesterday and he was really, really struggling to watch it. Um, but no, the, the, the Seahawks, they're missing a few players, the Seahawks are, and the, especially key players, Jamal Adams, uh, Devon with a spoon. They, obviously, uh, they lost, they lost the, you know, the right tackle there as well. But this, this the Rams, Team was really fun to watch, really, really fun to watch, and um, it just embodies Sean McVay as a person. And I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do this season because if their stars can stay healthy, obviously they're about Cooper Cup in this game. But if Stafford stays healthy, and Aaron Donald, who obviously had a big mark yesterday as well, if both of them can stay healthy, then now you've got a, a formula where it's like, okay, we have basically a, t- a entire roster full of players with chips on their shoulders. Literally mm-hmm. a full roster full of it, right? Yeah, they're all playing, you know, they're all playing for a job because there is a job, a starting job in the NFL to be to be had for every single one of them, right? Um, and which they probably wouldn't get from any other team. Uh, the joy, they've got great role models around them as well. And yeah, I I, I was really encouraged by the Rams and Gino didn't look great yesterday. I, I don't really know what Seattle are now. <laughs> We'll see what they are look like when they get their, their defensive stars back. But defensively, they, they didn't look great at all yesterday, and that really does worry me. No, defensively, they didn't look good. But I think you can kind of overlook that without having Devon Witherspoon and Jamal Adams. It's 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 not not a good look by any stretch. But there's you you say potential there. They were missing a couple of stars. The offense is something to be worried about because they weren't missing many people. They weren't missing any people, if that. And Kenneth Walker, he had a few carries, 12 carries, 64 yards, not what we're used to from him. But Geno Smith, after getting that contract, after having a pretty good year last year, had a pretty good year, that was pretty abysmal. It was really, really not good. Not a good look for him. And as you say, you just don't know where you go. I mean, on the other hand, the Rams who everyone expected to lay an egg this whole season, chips on their shoulder and they rolled in and they played some very, very nice football. Matt, Matt Stafford, I guess you said, back from injury. It's nice to see and him playing at his at his level was very nice and he made Tutu Atwell look very competent, look very, very nice with 119 yards. And this is without Cooper Cup. I mean, he's on IR. He'll miss four games. Hopefully, that's it because he's a star, and he makes this. He makes the Rams team and he makes the NFL better. But when he comes back, and if that Rams defense with Aaron Donald at the helm can turn up every week, <laughs> they're they they're going to be dangerous again, which no one no one saw coming. And it's a big. It was a big big shock to see the Seahawks play as, as poorly as they did. But the Rams look as fun as they did, and that I think that's another testament to some brilliant coaching from Sean McVay. There we are. Uh, on to the next game, which was the biggest, the biggest blowout uh, of week one <laughs> between the Cowboys and the Giants. And we were driving back from the party last night, and it just felt like the Cowboys, just especially for the first half, just 
kept scoring, Oli kept saying they scored, they scored, they scored, and before you know it, I, I lost care about the game to be honest with you because it wasn't close. <laughs> it wasn't close at all. Um, the Cowboys defense helped them drop a 40 burger on the division rival Giants. Uh, the game started with a bang as the a high snap goes over Daniel Jones's head. It took a big loss on the third down. The resulting uh, field goal from Graham Gano was then blocked uh, by by the Dallas defender in return for a touchdown by Noah Ibanogany, who they just traded for from the from the Dolphins. Um, the resulting extra point was actually missed as well. And then from then, the the game just it just flew out of the Giants' hands. The quick three and out ended in you know, in the first of a plethora of sacks from the, the Cowboys and Micah Parsons, um, who buried Daniel Jones. And then before you know it, Dallas were up by nine thanks to another field goal and. And 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 then sixteen after bland the bland pick six off a yet another defective pass. We saw it's a theme of week one. <laughs> loads of loads of pick sixes that are not the fault of the quarterback um, at all. Um, but then that happened, and then by the middle of the second quarter, it was twenty six nothing. As Tony Pye ran in for a, for a Tottenham Prescott, his then second TD came at the beginning of the third before Turpin scored the the fortieth and final point. And then Dallas just absolutely bulldozed the Giants yesterday. I I thought the Giants. Were would would regress going into this year? I think they're probably a better talented team, but they have got a, a very very difficult schedule, including playing these Cowboys who look a better team than they were last year. Obviously, Dak's back healthy and everything. Um, and yeah, I think I just uh, they're they're well coached the Giants team, but they are lacking a bit of talent. Obviously, their offensive line didn't look great yesterday. They're, you know, I, I'll dive into that why this week and have a look, but. Yeah, the Cowboys' defense is so good, and it won me my matchup for fantasy as well. So, so, uh, <laughs> yeah. so, I, 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 thank you, Dan Quinn. Thank you, Michael Parsons. Thank you, No Rig Benogany and everyone else. Like, um, but yeah, it was a the a comprehensive comprehensive performance for Dallas, and uh, yeah, the Giants. I'm not surprised this happens. Happen really. They just regroup now, doesn't it? But uh, the defense mm. is so good that it it can it can really. I think it could shut out a lot of offenses. Yeah, it it, it that was just brilliant. I mean, um, uh, Dallas putting up forty points, unbelievable. But I, it's you've got to take it with a big pinch of salt because of how many defensive touchdowns they had. I mean, fantastic. They're 40 points, unbelievable week one against the Giants, your division rivals. But when your defence is playing that good, it doesn't matter what your offence is like. <laughs> You're going to win a lot of games, which they will do. That defence with Dan Quinn at the helm. I don't know how Dan Quinn managed to work his magic at DC, but he is just doing some brilliant things with that Cowboys. It's full of talent and it's, he's just taking all of it and he's just making one mean monster in that backfield and on the line as well with Michael Parsons. It's just, it's just dangerous, but we don't know what the Cowboys really hold on offense yet. And that's why it's going to be interesting to see how they play next week when their defense isn't going to be as dominant because it will be it will be pretty dominant, but it's not going to be keeping people scoreless throughout the season. So when that offense has to play, it will be interesting to see what they do. Um, but I mean, if you're a Cowboys fan, you're gonna you're taking that and running with it, and oh, yeah. you're looking forward to the rest of the season. As you said on the Giants, quick mention on them throwing that contract at Daniel Jones is week one, but putting all that cap capital into him is going to be very interesting. Saquon 
playing on the tag, wanting a deal, really not showing up. Um, it, you said they were going to regress. It looks like they're going to. They are lacking talent and they've put a lot of capital into certain positions. And I think that's just going to leave some gaping holes. Uh, and that was shown last night, wasn't it? Yeah, they they uh, didn't look impressive at all. On to the, the game that, again, I was probably most looking forward to watching when I got home from last night. It was the Jags at the Colts. Um, Trevor Lawrence and Calvin really got the Jags season off to a hot start, defeating the Colts, who really impressed under the new head coach, Shane Steichen. Uh, of course, the Anthony Richardson interception gave the Jags an edge in a shootout. That was one of the games of the week, really. Um, it started with Lawrence finding Ridley in the first quarter a couple of times, including a TD on third and eight, where uh, Trevor Lawrence showed, showed off his sort of escapability to get his new weapon time to get open in the back of the end zone. He sort of spun out round to the left, and, and Ridley was there, number zero, wide open in the back of the end zone. Um, Anthony Richardson's first touchdown was a run to start uh, the second quarter. Um, and uh, following a, a a drive that uh, like the Colts like that they they really played into the hand sorry the Jags really played into the hands of the Colts because there was another interception off a player's hands this time it was running back Tank Bigsby which is the first NFL game of real welcome to the NFL moment here <laughs> yeah. um, again not Lawrence's fault but the Colts there are are now there in the red zone to score and you know, take the lead, you know, it's just like just straight away, you know, and it's, um, it, it, it was mad, it was mad to, 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 uh, to watch that. What did happen is they turned the ball over in the red zone. They couldn't get there. The, it was four and one. Anthony Richardson couldn't get in for a QB sneak, but the, the defense played well, a lot better than I thought it would, would do yesterday. Um, touchdowns from Zay Jones and Michael Pittman, either side of half time, set up a tie game midway through the third quarter at 30, a 14 all. But again, it was, very close throughout. Uh, Brandon McManus made it 17-14 uh, for the Jags, but then the, the Colts took the lead through a second welcome to the NFL moment for Tyrant Bigsby, who, who, recovered, who recovered the fumble in the air from Trevor Lawrence, relaxes, stands up, but the play isn't dead yet because he's not touched the ground. And DeForest Butler just hits the ball out of his hand <laughs> and runs and scores a defensive touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> to make it to make it 17-21 to the Colts at the start of the fourth quarter. Uh, which just that that was I was mad watching that this morning back. It was just like <laughs> wow, yeah. that that I mean ultimately Big Spears, you know, kind of did cost the Jags a lot of points mm. yesterday. Um but he got a touchdown. <laughs> um yeah. he, he did get a touchdown to redeem himself. Um over a period of two plays, one he just sort of bulldozed into the end zone, and then the second play he just went in on the from the one yard line, sorry, to one yard wide line, and then the second play he went in from there. Um, and the Jags sort of took a stronghold in the game towards the end, especially when Anthony Richardson threw an interception, um, mm. and then Travis Etienne's uh, his run gave the Jags the the, the victory as well to just see it, but. The Jags offensively look really good. Obviously, they they were let down, and I, I was really good to see them. Evan Ingram, Calvin Ridley, Zay Jones, Christian Kirk all making plays. Big speed, ETN. The defense of the Jags really stood out for me as well because uh, Richardson's a player that you you you. It's difficult to uh, to to deal with, let's say, because you don't really know what one is rookie call, but you don't really know what's going to show. But also the, the the legs and the legs did did make plays this like you said. Mm. Um, but the way they stepped up and won the game, um, Tyson Campbell interception. Uh, Anthony Richardson at the end of the game. Um, for me, I think the Jags, I'm really high on the Jags. And also now, I think they're probably going to be top two, three seeds in the NFL. If I, if I was, sorry, in the AFC, if I was to have a guess now, 
because easy schedule, team's looking great, great coach. Um, but the Colts now, I think, are, I'm really impressed by the way Anthony Richardson played yesterday. He was the rookie QB that so he, he, I think he was the best yesterday. He surprised me the most because I thought he would come out and throw five for 15 straight away. But no, he was really accurate yesterday. He, he made some good throws. Uh, and it just shows how good of an offensive mind Shane Steichen is and how, because he did the same thing with Jalen Hurts. And without, without Shane yeah. Steichen yesterday, Hurts did not look mm. the same player. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that is a really thing, interesting thing, thing to follow this season. I don't, I don't know what your thoughts are, Roddy. Yeah, uh, the cult, the culture. It was you said an interesting one. I wasn't expecting Richardson to be as accurate and as good as he was yesterday. He he looked very nice. I mean, coming out, it was all about arm um, talent, but will he have the accuracy and all this? And if anything, we didn't see much of the arm talent really, and we saw a lot more accuracy, which I'm sure will please a lot of Colts fans, really. Um, as you said, there's there's a lot to like about them. No one thought they'd push the Jags this close. But the Jags, although they were pushed close by a Colts team that they didn't expect to happen, when it mattered most, they turned up. And as you said, that offence looks pretty, pretty tasty. 14 points in that final quarter shows they can play when it matters. Travis Etienne hopefully will have his breakout year and if we want anything to go by he will do that he had some very nice runs that touchdown run was impressive very very impressive and then calvin ridley coming back is going to be huge for them it's just another weapon for the jags for trevor lawrence after what christian kirk they threw boatloads of money at christian kirk but it paid off because he was very good last year but having Calvin Ridley now, it's just elevated them a little bit more. And as you said, with their schedule, there's there's a lot to like coming out of Jacksonville. Uh, defensively as well, they look pretty pretty slick. And uh, yeah, the Jags could could force a lot of surprises, could spring a lot of surprises on the AFC this year. Oh, for sure, for sure. Uh, sticking in the AFC, we'll go to uh, to Denver where they. Uh... They they dropped the loss to the Raiders seventeen sixteen, um, and this one came down to to the very end of the game. Ultimately, uh, it was a, it was a, a hard hit to the head by Jacoby Myers, who was by far the standout player in this game. He looked unreal, Jacoby Myers did yesterday. Um, obviously back with Josh McDaniels, who who was with in New England, um, and uh, so it launched the very there's also just fifteen yards downfield into the game because it was neck and it was neck and neck this whole game sixteen thirteen going into the um. The uh to the end of the game obviously uh where where uh the the Raiders did, did end up going to win uh but I just I with I was shocked to see Jimmy Garoppolo not only go and run on third and seven and make the first down but how untouched he was or anything it's like it's like they didn't it's like it's like they just said oh Jimmy won't Jimmy won't won't do this, so we're just going to leave him. And he, he just gracefully <laughs> glided away and and won the Raiders that that game on third down. And and um, I'm encouraged by both teams actually because the, the the Broncos look better with, with Russ, and I think mm-hmm. the the Raiders looked a lot better than they did last year. Um, defensively as well, I thought they looked, they looked better as well. They have got some DBs now. Um, but, but yeah, I just I, I came away pleasantly surprised by both teams. Um. Especially the Raiders because they looked well coached yesterday, which they did not at all last year. Um, and look, Broncos fans, you probably should have won. I'd say you did, you did but but the fact you didn't, you know, 
but I I say both teams probably deserve to win this game. It was it was that close. Uh, but Denver, I think Denver fans are probably going into meltdown at the minute. That's what I've seen on Twitter. <laughs> don't don't because I I was very pleasantly surprised uh, by what you pout yesterday, um, as it was with the Raiders, and this game was was fun to watch too. I mean, I was looking at the stats and this game was just unbelievably close. So as for both teams, as you said, they played pretty well, higher than expected, especially after what both teams went through last season. I mean, what, Raiders 261 yards to the Broncos 260 yards. And they had, what, Raiders had 4.7 yards per play, Broncos 4.5 yards per play. The same amount of first downs, 22, and the same first down efficiency of five for 11. I mean, that, that's just that's just ridiculous. So as you said, it's not it's not no not time to go into into panic mode. No panic button need to be pressed for the Broncos because they looked a bit better. Russ looked a little bit better under Peyton, and I think that will just continue throughout the season. To be honest, because we know what Russ can do. Um, and we know what Peyton is like with his offensive mind, whether he's still got it, well, time will tell. But hopefully, for Broncos' sake, they can do it. But the Raiders, with Jimmy Garoppolo being well-coached, we know what a well-coached Garoppolo can do. Not He's not going to be as high as Shanahan, obviously, coach, coach-wise, at the Raiders. But he, look, he looked good. He looked, look, He did what he needed to do. Jacoby Myers, as you said, had himself a game. And uh, yeah, it's it was a pleasant surprise for the Raiders, and they'll be interested. You know, they'll be interested to see we follow for the rest of the season if they can uh, continue their winning ways. Well, not only did the Raiders win yesterday, Derek Carr also won yesterday, uh, <laughs> beating the Tennessee Titans in the Superdome. This one was horrible, a horrible game. <laughs> it was awful to watch. Um, Ryan Tannehill, he is not the answer. He's he's done. In, I'm sorry, he's done in Tennessee. He is done. The, the last two years, the callbacks they brought in only shows that. But man, he, I, I, I just look. Don't get me wrong. Derek Carr didn't look, look great either. Derek, <laughs> Derek Carr looked the better quarterback. But I probably will say that I I think that both the Bucks and the Falcons were a lot were very good compared to the Saints yesterday, which does worry me in the division for them. Um. I mean, yeah, Tannehill's most Tannehill's, Tannehill's interceptions were all bad. Rather into double coverage twice, targeting uh, DeAndre Hopkins too. Um, Derek Carr and Rashid Shahid connected on on, uh, on third or seven for the, at the end of the third to, to well make the first touchdown of the game. It was one minute left at the end of the third the third quarter that, that was the first touchdown of the game uh, and then the score sitting at 6-12 to New Orleans a late pass interference call uh, to set up a big finale for the Titans could they put a TD in it was on a conquo um, they're in the red zone but they could only score another field goal and then the car deep ball to Rashid Shahid again who they use in the run game a lot in the absence of, of Alvin Kamara he was a really well football weapon um, at the end of last year and he, he, he carried that he was a good stand, it was a stand-up for me this game as well uh, but yeah, Cardi to Shahid secured the game for the Saints, and both neither team impressed me. Um, <laughs> if I'm being honest, uh, but I the the Saints um defensive line, I have my concerns. It's not what it has been in the past. The mm. Titans offensive line, same thing. Uh, Tannehill was got beat up a bit there. Um, 
but it was it was just too and also as well the the Saints fumbled the kick return to start the game. The Titans were putting an instant field goal range straight away, you know, pretty much in the red zone straight away. They couldn't put anything together. When when you're handed an opportunity to start the game in the red zone, pretty much, and you don't score a touchdown, when when you get the you know you have your script there when you hit that, that is that is pretty bad offense, um, and that's that's just what I what what I noticed in this game. I I'm not confident about either team, but I think the Saints probably were the better team. Yeah, uh, I'm going to say this now. I think that could be one of the worst QB stat lines we see this season. It's just an absolute shocker. I mean, 16 of 34, 198 yards, three interceptions is just not the answer, as you said. I mean, the Titans had more first downs. They had 16 first downs compared to the Saints' 15, but two for 12 on third down efficiency is just abysmal. It is really, really bad. Uh, as you said, the first touchdown come, came, coming what with a minute left in the third. Uh, it's just, it's not a good look for either team. As you said, Derek Carr wasn't, it wasn't pretty for him either. Um, when Alvin Kamara comes back, it gives them something. Chris Olave was a bright spark. 112 yards off eight receptions is very, very handy. And having Mike Thomas there is just, it's going to help. So they've got, they've but got. But they look raw. I think yeah. I saw potential, but they just didn't look like they it, it, it gelled yet. Because no, obviously yeah. there's a lot of obviously new quarterback and everything. And I, I, I feel like the Saints can be really good. And I was, I was sort of disappointed, but because the Titans are awful. Like I thought, I knew this game would be close. I couldn't pick it. I couldn't pick it on the pod. Mm. I, I was, I, I just couldn't pick it. I went with the Titans. It was obviously the Saints, um, but that one. But yeah, for me, I think I feel a lot more. I. I I was expecting more from the Saints because they were really tight in offense. The defense, yes, it played well, but the Titans were bad offensively. Like I, the Titans, really defensively, the Titans were quite good. I will say that, and their, their defense and Raver will win games. Mm. But the Titans' offense just worst unit of the game. I'd probably other than the Cardinals' offense, I'd say in the entire in the entire league. Um, yeah. Yesterday and yeah, it just wasn't great at all. No, I mean. F- as you said, de- defensively, it might it might give them a couple wins. I mean, Mike Vrabel's a very good head coach. We've seen that when Tennessee have been on good runs, when Tannehill's been at his finest. But I mean, if your offense is going to be throwing games like that, you are going to struggle struggle to win a lot of games. Um, and yeah, there it might be a long arduous season for them, uh, and probably the Saints as well. If they click, they could do something. But, I mean, defensively, their defensive line, like you said as well, if they can't get after the quarterback, then the offence, I don't think, will put up many points. They won't win many shootouts. Uh, and it could be another long season for them as well. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, moving over to the AFC, where we saw uh, all AFC match up between the, the, the Baltimore Ravens and the Houston Texans. This one was an interesting one because... Uh, I was kind of more impressed with the Texans than I was the Ravens, even though the the, uh, the Ravens ended up winning. Um, I I put the Texans to win this game, um, because I didn't expect the uh, the Ravens to look great at all. They 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 I thought they were better than I thought they would be, um, but the te- I I the Texans the I was more I was more impressed because they did all this without an offensive line. Because they're missing two of the best offensive players. Obviously, Larry Tunsil played, but Kenyon Green's out and Titus Howard is out. So that's two starting mm-hmm. offensive linemen. Um, and 
for me, look, the Ravens' best player other than Lamar, which he, who wasn't great, was Zay Flowers, their rookie, which says a lot on offense. Um, he was, again, he was really good. The first two Baltimore drivers ended in a sack and interception for Lamar. The two straight punts for Houston. Um, a big play from J.K. Dobbins and uh, obviously Zay Flowers as well, who had a couple of big plays, put him in the red zone and Dobbins put him in for seven. But after Dobbins left, the, the Ravens weren't great. Um, Stroud led Houston to a, a, a field goal before time expired, showing, compu- showing composure in a two-minute drill in his first start at 6-7. It was at halftime. And then Baltimore sort of... If the game swung more towards Baltimore's way after halftime, um, they did TD after a couple of goals from Flowers and Rashad Bateman, who set up Justice Hill for a touchdown. Uh, two, they went for two. It was successful. Um, but then the Texans sort of lost it on their own uh, right because they got a PI call on Derek Stingley uh, for a deep pass intended for Aero Beckham. That's uh, again Hill up for rushing touchdown on the one yard and he had that in as well. So that 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 there could have been avoided. Um and then for me as well, the Ravens just didn't flow. The Texans at this point I think the game was gone, but the Ravens for me they they Lamar lost a fumble. It gave Houston good field position. The defense played very well for the Ravens. Actually, I was v- very impressed with the defense because again, Houston didn't really do a lot wrong. They, they just the defense for the Ravens was good. Um, Roquan Smith um, sacked uh, CJ Stroud uh, to force a field goal there because the, again the Texans could have made it. You know, very short one score game uh, had they scored there. A Roquan Smith came in, burst in through the middle, sacked CJ Stroud, forced a field goal to make it nine twenty two. Uh, and then Stroud fumbled again um, on an Ajabo strip sack, which set up an opportunity. David Ajabo is old British. Great to see him do that yesterday, which is a good opportunity for uh, for the Ravens. Lamar found Beckham in the red zone. Uh, but they, they ended up with a field goal from Justin Tucker. But yeah, the both team, both these teams were incomplete, I'd say. I think it's just week one. The Ravens, their talent won in the game. But I think... I, it wasn't again. It wasn't a good game of football to watch. The offense for Lamar it looked how I thought it would be. He no, the less running for this offense. I don't. I don't I, for, and for this corporate, I don't think it's a good thing. I really don't because because I I am a big advocate for the run game anyway. They didn't they didn't really have it yesterday again. And I mean ultimately as well, I I don't think Lamar can sit back and be a quarterback. A, a, you know a pocket pass. I don't think he can do that. I, I know he can hit a deep ball. I know he can hit a wide open Zay Flowers. I know he can do that, but I don't think he can you know, glide a pass between two defenders into another, you know, a receiver, you know, you know, for, you know for, I don't think he can do I don't think he can throw the needle um, in the middle of the field. I really don't think he can do that well. Uh, I think it's superpowers his legs, and they, they, they're trying to eliminate that. I just, obviously, keeping him healthy, everything is great, but... I just he doesn't he just doesn't look the same quarterback at all to me and I uh, yeah I can't wait CJ Stroud was my I think he looked good he was second best rookie for me uh, Bryce Young didn't look great at all which we'll get into in the next game but yeah I think um, I I I it was, these games at the end weren't great at all and yeah that's why they got left at the bottom of the running order yeah it's it's an interesting one for the Ravens isn't it I mean one thing that's going to really hinder them is losing J.K. Dobbins yet again. Oh, I know. Another injury. Well, that's my thing as well. I don't trust the Ravens. I don't trust them because every single person, Barze Flowers, again, who was the one who made the real difference yesterday, has an injury history. Whether it's Ronnie Stanley, Lamar Jackson, Rashad Bateman, Odell Beckham Jr., all of them have injury histories over the past couple of years and have missed significant time. J.K. Dobbins has come in and 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 done the same thing again. He's got injured in week one. And, and don't forget oh. that don't forget their defense either. I mean, that's just another injury clinic. I mean, Marcus, well, also, Pe- Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey are just 
injured every yeah, other week. Well, so yeah, well, Marlon Humphrey missed this game. He was, he, yeah. he, Mark Andrews, obviously, the right. elephant in the room is that Mark Andrews didn't play, which is why the yeah. Ravens' offense didn't look great at all because yeah. he's their number one target. But, like, <laughs> the, what just, yeah, the defense was, isn't what it used to be. The pass rush did, did again, admittedly they played a very poor offensive line, but uh, the pass rush did, did impress me, actually, which I was good to see. Uh, it's it probably my biggest sort of takeaway other than the Flowers being who I thought it could be. Um, but no, yeah, the Ravens, I just don't trust them. I, I honestly feel like they they won eight games, maybe nine games, but I I honestly think that them, like I can see them kind of fourth in this division because they're going to get injured. They're gonna, all of them are going to get injured again. And unless I'm proved very wrong, I just see it. Yeah, I just... I've got I've got Lamar in a few fantasy leagues, so I was following his points scoring quite closely. And yeah. I mean, as, as you say, it's just not it's not pretty. It really wasn't pretty. I was expecting them to put at least thirty, maybe forty points on the Texans because the Texans are they're looking good. D'Amico Ryan's is going to come in. He's going to change things up. They're going to look good. But it's week one. You didn't think any of that was going to click. And if anything. I'd be more positive if I was a Texans fan coming out of that game than I would a Ravens fan because yeah, totally. Ravens, well, it wasn't impressive at all. Lamar was nowhere near his MVP best, nowhere close. Um, as you say, injuries are going to play a huge factor and J.K. Dobbins being out for yet another year is just just awful. Awful for him because you want him to play. You want him to stay healthy. But for the Ravens as well, it's just not, not, not what you want. I mean... A word on the Texans as well, as you said, CJ Stroud. Uh, look, he looked good. Uh, second best rookie, you think? I mean, he looked he he, he looked fine. Uh, it'll come with time. Will Anderson as well, getting himself a sack on the defensive side. Okay. So they've got, so they've got they've got the talent there. They've got their first round picks can play, which is what they would have wanted. Um, and there's there's the stuff to like. Obviously, the Texans fans knew this wasn't going to be the prettiest season, and it hasn't started maybe the way they wanted. But look, they, there's some positives there, and I think they can notch up some wins. Perhaps not not too many, but if they can get four or five wins, which could happen after the way they played yesterday, it'll be a good season for them. For sure. Uh, on to another rookie quarterback in uh, in Bryce Young. His, uh, his his Panthers unfortunately lost to the Atlanta Falcons where their run game and new defensive pieces gave them the win. It was a good first drive for Bryce, actually. He got to the 10, but Chuba Hubbard couldn't convert a fourth and one. You know, the, the day might have gone very differently for the Panthers had that uh, on the 10-yard the line as well. They, 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 if they, if they, well, they got no points from, an inst- from you know, a first drive resident opportunity. It, the game, if they scored, then it could have been very different. Uh, you know, completely. Um, Atlanta punted after a turnover, and then Bryce Young uh, looked for Hayden Hurst on the second down for the following drive. But Jesse Bates made a play. Jesse Bates jumped the route and because it wasn't, I, you know, I don't. The second one, the second one especially was Jesse Bates making. It was all Jesse Bates. This one here, um, I think he he doesn't really see Bates lurking around the corner. But look, Hayden Hurst, I think a lot of callbacks make that throw. Um, Mahomes and Hubbard made that throw. I think something like two of his quick presses and made that throw straight away. But by the time I actually got to Hayden Hurst, uh, Jesse Bates was there to to uh, to intercept. Um, Bryce Young. It set up an instant resident opportunity, resident opportunity for the Falcons, which they took with B. John Robinson going in for his first career touchdown on a twelve-yard screen pass from Dev, Desmond Ridder. Uh, he looked great yesterday. Robinson did as well, and uh, 
in I, I don't really know why they had uh well Cordell Patterson was a healthy scratch to be honest with you. Uh, they they had other running backs active, but if you can somehow get all three of them, Robertson, Algie and mm-hmm. and Patterson into into the game, then then this Falcons run game is really good and it's what it was hyped up to be. Desmond Ridder, um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so he they are very much running the ball and throwing checkdowns with this offense, which is what it sounded like it would be in, in training camp that is the case. Uh midway through the third quarter, Ridder's stat line was eight for eleven for twenty-four yards. Midway through the third quarter, very accurate, but eight that's three yards per, att- <laughs> per, per, per that's three yards per attempt there, which is ridiculous, right? Uh sorry, for per completion, sorry, three yards per completion, that's even worse. Mm. Um uh, but uh, it's just like uh, uh, yeah, that, that's that's not good. So um, Jesse Bates got his second interception, like I said, mid, uh, near midfield, jumping on another pass to uh, to Ian Thomas this time the tight end. Um, but the uh, the Falcons could only get a field goal, meaning it was ten uh midway through the third quarter. But it's where the game turned. Mel Sanders lost a fumble. He gave uh, he gave the Falcons good field position. They took control of the game with this. Uh, after this, it was the first two Tadarai Geo rushing touchdowns, like seventeen ten. Um, we had a good ball by Desmond Ridder, who I really like. Sorry, over two defenders to find Kyle Pitts near the goal line set up the second touchdown uh, for LJ to finish the game. Um, Young took a beating towards the end of the game as well. The Panthers line was a serious worry. I, I, I was the fact that I'm really low on the Panthers now. When I, a couple of months ago, I was really hot, but I've seen them in the preseason. I've seen them in week one. I, I, I'm, I'm, I don't feel like it's going to be a great season at all for the Panthers now. Um, yeah, over the last month or so, my, I think it's got. Things get worse and worse and worse. Um, but for the Falcons, a team that I'm very high on, I said that they were they got a great chance of winning the division. I really do believe that now. If you can find Ridder's nothing special, right? He, to me, he Ridder looks like Ryan Tannehill. What is we say? He looks like he. But, the, but what I'm saying is, Arthur Smith got Ryan Tannehill to the AFC Championship game. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, he looks like Ryan Tannehill, and he looked like the, he looked like the Tennessee days of Tannehill. Where he just if you need him to make a throw, like he did, like he did over Pitts. Over two pits, over two defenders yesterday, he can do it. Um, he doesn't turn the ball over. He he didn't turn the ball over when he in his four starts last season either. Like he doesn't. He's a very safe quarterback. But when you're when you run the ball this far, when you've got one of the best offensive lines in of football, yeah. it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because you've got three running backs who are in the top twenty running backs in the league. I'd say. Yeah. Three of yeah. them, there's three of them, um, and yeah, I the Falcons were just as good as I thought it'd be, and it was really nice to see them. Uh, Panthers less so much, and I'm I'm concerned for them. Uh, I really am. Yeah, I mean that that run game for the Falcons is just it's is glorious for them, and it's going to carry them to a significant charge for the NFC South title, isn't it? I mean, Al- Algier Robinson and Cordero Patterson, who was a healthy scratch, like you said, that's just that's some backfield. That's some backfield, and when when you can run like that. You know, when you've got players like that, they'll take that all day, every day. Ridder, I mean, it's it's a very interesting stat line from a quarterback perspective. Um, he'll be, it, it, he'll just be their big time game management. Um, and as you said, the, for the Panthers, it's going to be a very interesting season. I hope Bryce Young turns out to be what he what he's expected to be because it will be nice. Um, but again, it's. It's big rebuilding time over there still, big time. For sure. On to a team that is definitely rebuilding, the Arizona Cardinals. They played defense yesterday and gave the commanders a bit of a scare in uh, the commanders' first win in the Joshua Harris era. 
Um, Washington got out, Washington got out to the lead as somehow scrambled left and found B, uh, Brian Robinson for a touchdown. Um, a few chunk plays really set up set up Arizona uh, Arizona opportunity. They had uh, Hollywood Brown go for one, James Conner as well. Um, but they were forced to a field goal because uh, Josh Dobbs and the Cardinals offense just did not offer really anything at all yesterday. The defense played really well. Like I said, they got they got some turnovers, they got some sacks um, as well. Um, how turned the ball over. After um, a weird kick from the uh, from the field goal, like I say, it went through the rushes and still landed between the uplights. It's like it looked like it was going to be blocked, and it just went up and through. And it was uh, from Matt Prater that was odd. But yeah, after that, somehow threw the ball straight at Zayvon Collins, um, who's a sort of hybrid linebacker. They're using a Moore's an edge rusher this year, um, but he was he was there in the middle of the field, held through right at him. And again, Matt Prater uh, scored to put the Cardinals within one at six seven a minute before half time. The Cardinals then stripped that somehow as the ball came flying out and was covered for a touchdown by Cam Thomas for the Cardinals, giving them a 37 lead. Um, and then sitting at 16-10 to the Cardinals, with seconds remaining in the third. Montez Sweat stripped sacks Josh Dobbs and Deron Payne came up with the fumble recovery and that's what won the game for the Commanders because the Cardinals were there to win. They were they were honestly, they were, I, I'd say... They they were probably the better team yesterday, especially like defense. The defense really stepped up under, under Jonathan Gannon. Obviously, he's come over from Philly. He he uh, he he, well, he let his defense stepped up massively last year. Was against the Super Bowl, especially um, bringing in players midway through training camp and stuff like that, and just coming in and being the starters and everything. That was, um, but yeah, no, I and uh, Sam Harrell scramble touched on a third goal, a third and goal, put the Commanders um up seventeen sixteen before job to Josh Dobbs. Dropped the snap to give Washington the ball back and hit a field goal to win the game twenty to sixteen. Um, but yeah, it was uh, the the Cardinals impressed me yesterday on defense. Offensively, they weren't great, but neither were the neither were the Commanders offensively. But Sam Howell didn't look exceptional. Um, this was again all those games that are just week one, not great football, no. two not great teams. The, the Commanders defense, obviously, without Chase Young, um, they did they again they played well against the. It was just two two. The defensive side of this game was great. It's just the offensive side was not great at all. And um, yeah, I think if I'm a Cardinals fan, I'm probably quite encouraged actually. Because and if I'm a Commanders fan, I'm not encouraged at all. No. Um, but you got the win, and that's all that matters. Yeah, I mean, there's the Commanders' stock is slowly, slowly. Well, wouldn't say slowly after yesterday, to be honest. <laughs> coming down, coming down a bit. But as you said, week one, they they'll just want to have got the win. Uh, Sam somehow. Is he gonna turn? Is he gonna be the player that they think he can be? No one knows. Will it, it would be nice if he could because that commander's team can do something. Brian Robinson and Gibson in the backfield is nice, very nice to have. Uh, Curtis Samuel played nice yesterday. He was their leading receiver. Um, but again, their defense was what won them the game. And when you have Montez Sweat and Deron Payne making plays, which they can do, uh. They're going to help you win games. Um, it was nice to see from the Cardinals to put up a fight defensively as well. Very, very nice. But Josh Dobbs isn't going to lead you to many wins in close games, unfortunately, for you Cardinals fans out there. But it was nice to see a bit of fight from them. Um, the commanders will just be happy to take an ugly win in week one and carry that on and see what they can do from the rest of the season. Yes, that, that is very true. Uh, that will do it for this portion of the podcast. We will, uh, well, I will come down, come back tomorrow morning and break down Monday Night Football between the the Jets and the Bills. 
I'm interested to see how this one goes because there's a lot of hype <laughs> about the Jets. The Bills have been in the talk recently and been talking you know, in the news recently of oh, Stephon Diggs drama. It does he want out and everything. The two very good teams, obviously the Bills have been AFC elites for a while. The Jets have um, the, the, the Jets have got Aaron Rodgers and you know on top of their incredibly you know good young team uh, and that you know and they've added Darwin Cook and it, I'm looking forward to seeing them. So uh, so we'll uh, I'll get back to you in a minute on that. Uh, that's just that's my thoughts before the game. We'll find out in a few minutes what my my, my thoughts are after the game. Uh, thank you for joining me, Ollie. It's been great to have you on, especially. Uh, well, a short notice as well because uh, we we didn't know trying to get a guest late uh, to this podcast was awful because I, I really don't know what time I was going to be able to do it because of um, because of uh, everything we did with the with the party last night. It was nice to meet you all, and uh, I really enjoyed watching the games uh, this or throughout today. Actually, to be honest, with you. Yeah. It, took, it took forever watching them, but yeah, thanks for coming on, Ollie. Ollie it's been great to have you on, and uh, obviously I'll, I'll get you on loads in in the future. Don't get me don't don't worry, um, but you know. Uh, Anything you'd like to say? And obviously, uh, any, no, any final takeaways? Thank God, football's back, eh? Week yeah. one was was brilliant. It was what everyone wanted, and uh, I think it's set up for a superb season, hasn't it? It has indeed. There we are. Let's get into me. Thank you for Ollie for coming on. Of course, let's get into me breaking down Monday night football. Let's see what happens. Well, last night was eventful, wasn't it? Aaron Rodgers looks to have probably unfortunately suffered a likely season-ending Achilles injury um, after being sat by Leonard Floyd. It was basically eye-to-eye with Rodgers with about a second of the ball being snapped because uh, Dwayne Brown like somehow went to cut block him. I don't know if he fell over or something, like, but that was the case. I, I don't know. But yeah, uh, Rodgers landed awkwardly and was helped to the blue tent before being cut back to the locker room um, and then declared out about half-time or so. Um, the best-case scenario... For Probably for the Jets it will be an ankle sprain, but they believe it looks to be an Achilles, which is obviously the second Achilles we've got this uh, in week one already. With J.K. Dobbins going down as well with one, and um, yeah, from the initial X-rays, that's what the Jets believe it to be, which is really unfortunate because like, I was, I mean, like, if I'm a Jets fan, I'm gutted. I mean, like, even for me, I was really excited to see how all those parts you know, collide to make a super team, um, and they still looked really good last night. Obviously, uh, <laughs> coming away to. To, to win in Rogers' absence and you know being led by the the unreal Jets defense that they had they had as well as Zach Wilson to you know he played a part too and they Josh Allen spooked and they upset the you know probably new favorite for the division other than maybe the Dolphins the Bills um yeah but I yeah I'm I'm if I'm a Jets fan I'm gutted I'm I'm I was looking forward to seeing Rogers in a new new environment and everything and uh yeah I I I do I am. I'm sorry, Jets fans. It's not. It's a tough one to take that. Uh, but you know, fingers crossed. It's uh, it's nothing serious. I just, it looks to be, unfortunately. Um. Anyway, Josh Allen. He didn't look great at all last night. Uh, his first interception was just a you know, basically, you know, basically chuck up and hope it comes down well. Um. He just tried to have a look at Deontay Harty downfield, but it was a huge overthrow. It was third and eight as well at this point. I think it's essentially a punt. This one, so I don't really think. They they were they they weren't it was they were in punt territory so I, I I can see why he tried to do it but I just like for the stat line that's, that doesn't look right so um he his play to find digs for the touchdown was was really special though to be fair to him as one that only a few QBs could do he basically outran and you know so, and had the end had the angle on edge rusher going to the right to to find uh, Stephon Diggs and they allowed him time to get open that was really good that was you know only sort of him Mahomes. 
uh, Trevor Lawrence, that uh, yeah, they have it. You, those QBs can do that because they've got that strength, they've got that power to sort of burst past uh, the the oncoming um, pass rushes. Um, Allen's second interception was another odd one for me. I don't really understand why he did it. Um, he was targeting stuff on Diggs, who was uh, down, again downfield, who was double covered. Um, Jordan Whitehead came away with the football this time. I uh, again, chuck, two people who are bigger than Stephon Diggs were chucking it into basically a jump ball to Stephon Diggs and double coverage. I, that one just didn't make any sense to me. I think they're just trying to force him offense. And the fact that the Bills had to do that as well because they didn't really have anything in the past game last night. Um, was it was interesting to say the least. Um. And we'll we'll see we'll follow how they they got on the rest of the season. But for now, uh, the AFC East is with especially how the Patriots looked like you know yesterday on on Sunday so on Sunday and how the, the Dolphins looked on week one. You know week one shook up the AFC East. So that'll be yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it <laughs> over the next couple of weeks uh, each of these teams shape out. Um, his third interception was a second for Jordan Whitehead. Um, he just pushed the ball. This one was the one that baffled me most actually because he just Gabe Davis was running a corner, but he had a couple of people around him. It was a bit of a risky throw, and obviously Whitehead turned his back and came away with it. But if if Allen just turned his head a little bit, St- Stephon Diggs was, was open for an easy first down there. He was running an, in, you know, an inside route across, you know, up up and in inside the middle of the field, and the 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 defender was a good three, four, five yards off digs so if he just literally just steps to the left that's an f- easy first down and, he, and Alan completely missed that, that throw um which is again I I especially I th- I always think you know in my back of my head maybe be looking for digs um first and the fact he didn't do that when he was that open sort of worries me a little bit but uh again it's week, it's week one everyone's rusty Burrow was rusty Mahomes couldn't compete a pass to his receivers admittedly it was more and the receivers Part, but yeah, we, we we've seen Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> I mean, and yeah, and Justin Herbert, and all all these you know big everweight QBs in the AFC come away with losses in the, in week one. So it has been a certainly interesting week one. Um, it was a really in, at that point as well. The uh, the the jet the Bills were thirteen six up, um, when the third interception was was thrown. An impressive drive from Zach Wilson following the interception. Um, well, got the Jets back in it, levering the scores at 13-13. It was a, for me, two plays stood out this here. A really key third down throw under pressure. There's about four four players round him. He steps up and finds a wide open Alan Lazard for a first down. Um, and also the TD passes to Garrett Wilson because Garrett Wilson pulled off one of the best one-handed catches I've ever seen in in the uh, in crunch time last night. After that, the momentum was firmly with the Jets as Josh Allen lost a, a you know, he thought he fumbled a, a snap and then he lost a fumble with about four minutes left and the Jets just ran the clock down to 148 and took the lead of a 30-yard Greg Zerlin field goal. Um, Josh Allen did what Josh Allen, Josh Allen does. He got the Bills back in it. He he led them to a tiny pass field goal in within seconds remaining to go to overtime. But in overtime, the Bills couldn't produce anything offensively. They parted on possession and that was the game because rookie Xavier Gibson returned a short punt to the house to give New York a win. He was a star in hard knocks um towards the end, and yeah, that that the it just felt everything after the you know, that Wilson drive. It just felt like the Jets were were, were going to win this one. I think just because it, it's like they're all rallied. It's an emotional game. They've lost their leader under the new and also previous leader <laughs> in Zach Wilson. That they're, they're coming back down the field. They're looking good, and everyone's stepping up and. 
the special teams played well. The special teams stepped up, made a play, and won them the game. Um, and yeah, I I think the honestly, even without Rogers, I think the Jets are going to be around eight, nine, ten wins anyway. I think I think that's the case. And admittedly, they've got hard schedules. They may be on the lower end of that scale, but Rogers is a, is a big miss for this team, who obviously has Super Bowl aspirations. Um, if I'm a Brees Hall fantasy owner, I'm very happy because he looked really good last night. Dalvin Cook wasn't good in his return. Um, we're here about two two point three yards per carry or something like that, which is not great. So James Cook looked all right, especially uh, yeah, a couple of bursts um, through the Jets' defense. Especially when you're playing against a defense that's really hard to run on anyway. That's a good sign for the Bills, and hopefully they can they can really rely on a run game because they basically rely on Allen for offense. So um, that was an encouraging sign for the Bills at least. Uh, and actually, I think just to finish, that was one of the best games, if not probably the best game I've seen that Wilson have. Um, he obviously he threw the interception early on, but he came back and really that 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 second half, Zach Wilson, well, again he he produced a drive that got not only the Jets back in there, but really set them up to win the game. Um, and that is a really good sign uh, for New York, obviously, who have invested a lot into him. Uh, it's just a shame that it had to come in this situation, obviously, where you have Aaron Rodgers also in that QB room and, and he, uh, he he looks to be done for the season. But that is it for the full 10 yards NFL podcast this week. Thank you for listening. It's been a bit of a long one. Uh, we've, we've got less games that on, in the uh, in, in the Sunday winning next week, so uh, so it's, it'll, be, it'll be a shorter one. But either, either way, it's, it's nice to break down the football games. It's... Uh, we're only getting better. It's a new thing for us, or for me anyway, taking over the podcast. And uh, we'll be here each and every week to break down and preview the games on a Sunday and a Monday. Don't don't you worry whatsoever. So thank you for listening. Thank you for watching if you're on YouTube. If you have waited this, this far, please don't forget to like and subscribe on, on the video because it does help you out. It puts us right in your uh, in your feed as soon as the uh, the video is released as well. Uh, and if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, uh, feel free to watch the YouTube video version. I'd probably say it's the best version you can watch. Um, Oh, sorry. You can stream because you you get to see uh, you get to see a lot of laughing, which we have on the podcast and the, uh, between between guests and stuff, and it, it really just in, it enhances the experience. But anyway, that's it. That's uh, that's all. Bring on week two, I say. This has been the full ten yards NFL podcast. I've been your host Sam Moores. And football, football's back.